Born for the pop, give yourself a break so you can kick it back like a couch potato. And life will have to wait till way, way later. Oh boy. This chapter should go right after the chapter called The Cat Show. In that one, I introduce our cat, Rebecca, to you, which is helpful but not necessary. So if you want to listen to that one first, I understand. Just ask your mom or dad if you can listen to that chapter. In case you're being raised by monsters, you should ask the monster mom or dad to turn that one on. And if you have either monkeys, fairies, or gnomes as parents, just ask them. But they might not be so good with computers and stuff like that, so you might have to teach them. This is also a good way of finding out if your parents are either monkeys, fairies, or gnomes. It's when they're not so good with technology. Though it is not 100% proof because they could also still be dinosaurs. The best way to prove that your parents are dinosaurs is by walking through the house with super muddy shoes on. If they don't complain, it means they are dinosaurs. And if they do complain, it means they are humans and you're in a lot of trouble. Especially if at your house, all the floors are covered with carpets. But anyway, here's the chapter about Rebecca the Pillow the First, our cat. Though everyone else simply called her Rebecca. It was just me and Johnny who called her Rebecca the Pillow the First. And here is the story as to why. So, the other day, when we first got Rebecca, she would not come from behind the brown couch in our living room for a whole week. But still, the one thing we were a little worried about was our fishbowl. Or to be more specific, the fish that swam in our fishbowl. As soon as we brought Rebecca home with us, my dad made sure to place the fishbowl on top of the wood stove because he hoped the fish would be safe from our silly cat there. And by the way, we were very good about taking the fishbowl off the wood stove whenever we'd have a fire going. So we never ended up boiling our fish, which would have been funny though. I'd go warm up by the fireplace and I'd notice bubbles coming up in the fishbowl water. Of course, now I'd pay better attention and I'd notice that the fish were trying to jump out of the water. I'd look at it for a moment, seeing these fish do somersaults in the air and think to myself, wow, that's a neat trick. But then all of a sudden, I'd get it, that the fish are being boiled, and I'd pick up the fishbowl as fast as I could. But glass gets hot, so I would hurt my hands, and I'd have to move fast to put the bowl on top of our television which was right next to our fireplace. This way, my hands would not burn too much. Then I'd grab the TV remote control and look for the Discovery Channel and hope they'd have a special on the South Pole because this way, the fishbowl would cool down faster being on top of all that ice and whatnot. You might think, why not the North Pole? Well, you might know that heat rises, so the ice on the North Pole must not be as cold as the ice on the South Pole. That all makes sense, right? But like I said, we hoped the fish were safe where they were. 
but they were not. A week later, on Sunday, I was in the driveway picking out yellow pebbles from the gravel in the driveway. Don't ask me why. Okay, I'll tell you. I was bored. I had a nice little pile already. They were all yellow, except for one that was red, because I liked it so much. I had about 30 of them on a little orange breakfast plate that I had grabbed from the kitchen. I was thinking about moving over a little because I was not finding so many where I had been sitting for the last half an hour. When all of a sudden I heard my mom yell, Oh no! At the top of her lungs. Which, with my mom, was probably three times as loud as you have ever heard anybody yell. At least it seemed that way to me. But no matter how loud my mom would get, you would never know if it was important or not. Sometimes she'd scream like that for the littlest things. Like this one time, she screamed even louder than that. I went to go see if everything was okay with her in the kitchen. And so I asked, Is everything okay, Mom? My mom turned around and said, Of course, honey. I just happened to put a handful of spoons with the forks while I was emptying the dishwasher. You don't need to worry. Well, that didn't make any sense to me because I was only worried because her voice sounded more than worried. But that's my mom for you. And I remember this other time when she all of a sudden screamed, Ow! For no good reason. It was summertime and my mom was wearing a summer dress and her feet were stuck in some flip-flops. My mom also had a bunch of bags in her arms while she tried to open our front door. I must admit, it would have been super helpful if somebody had helped her carrying all those bags. But my sister already had her hands full with her backpack for school and her tennis bag in the other hand. And I, well, I had some super heavy thoughts on my mind, so I could not carry any more heavy stuff. These heavy thoughts I was having were about the idea that I might not grow up to be a full-time superhero after all. And that was my whole plan for the future. I had always figured I did not need to do well in school and all that stuff because when I would become a grown-up, I'd be a superhero. And don't get me wrong, I still knew I was going to grow up to be a superhero. That was not it. The problem was... My dad had informed me the night before that superheroes don't get paid. They are independent. Nobody tells them what to do, but also nobody pays them for the work they do. Which man, as my dad explained it, take for example Clark Kent. He's the guy who is Spider-Man. He still has a job to pay for the bills. Clark Kent is a journalist. That is what he does for a living. And if that was not bad enough, then he also added, the same is true for Superman. Peter Parker is a journalist as well. If these guys did not have a job to support themselves with, they wouldn't be able to afford a place to live. That was what I was thinking about while I was standing there with my hands in my pockets watching my mom struggle with all these bags in her hands as she was trying to unlock the door. She had the two bigger and heavier bags in her left hand 
while she had the other three lighter bags dangling from her right arm while she tried to get the key in the lock. It would have been really nice if somebody who was carrying less, or even nothing, would have helped her out. But like I said, that was impossible for all the obvious reasons. But why am I telling this story again? Oh yes, my mom's random panic screams. Well, after struggling with the key and the lock for some time, she finally managed to open the door. But as the door swung open towards her, she all of a sudden screamed, Ow! This time, it was my sister who asked my mom if she was okay. And this is what my mom answered. Oh yes, sweetie. It's just that I almost bumped my toe on the door. And with me wearing those flimsy flip-flops, I could have gotten really hurt. That's my mom for you. She manages to get hurt even when she doesn't. But back to the story about our silly cat. After hearing my mom scream, I quickly got up. But I accidentally stepped on the edge of the little plate, which caused the pebbles I had been picking out from the gravel driveway to fly off into a million different directions. Ugh, I'll never find those again. I raced away from this total bummer of a tragedy as fast as I could. We all gathered in the living room within seconds after we heard my mom scream like that. Here we found my mom staring at the fishbowl. I immediately understood her fear because there it was. Our new cat, Rebecca, was hovering over the fishbowl ever so dangerously. The cat was moving closer and closer to the bowl, bringing the fish in more and more of a tight corner. We had guppies at that time and they were now all on the other side of the fishbowl from where Rebecca was sitting. They were all pushing each other forward as they were trying to make sure they were in the back of the line to get eaten by our ferocious cat. Just looking at Rebecca and the way she moved, you could really recognize she was in a hunting mode. At this point, she was so close to the water that her nose was even touching the surface of the water. Then her tongue came out touching the water, and it went back into her mouth. She kept doing this for a while, and soon we all realized she was only interested in drinking the water from the bowl. She wouldn't even touch the fish if her life depended on it. All she wanted was a little flavoring in her water, and the fish provided just that for her. And what it came down to was that she would never drink anything else, no matter what we tried. For a month straight, we put water and milk in a little bowl next to her food, but she never even blinked at the stuff. So we made sure we would always have some guppies or goldfish in that fishbowl. This way, our silly cat had always something to drink. And no matter how often these fish would die off old age or accidents that would occur during the cleaning process of the fishbowl, the solution was only a quick trip away to the pet store where we'd buy some more fish for flavoring our cat's drinking water. So I always said, we had only one pet, because the fish did not count. They were only there for flavoring our cat's drinking water. Silly cat. After the initial hiccups, we all found our rhythm together, and it looked like Rebecca was a nice addition to our family. Most of the time. Because she was sleeping 90% of the time. But there was one problem I should tell you about. 
And here it is. I came home from school one day and noticed Rebecca deep asleep on the couch, like she usually was. She looked so soft and fuzzy, I just had to pet her. But still, I could not help but wonder. Would she mind if I petted her? I decided, if I was really gentle, she could not help but like it. So I went over to the couch, and I sat down on the ground in front of our couch. Once I was sitting down, I looked at her for a moment, and then I put a hand on her back and stroked her real gently. She felt so soft, but before I had the chance to really stroke her, she flipped herself around quickly, and she managed to scratch my hand before I was able to pull it away. Ouch! I looked at my hand, and sure enough, she had even drawn blood. I was shocked, not only because I just got scratched, but also because I did not get it. Why was there a need for me to be scratched for being kind? I thought I was just being nice. But I guess Rebecca thought about it differently. It happened so fast, I was tempted to think she had planned it. Maybe she was only pretending to be asleep. But that couldn't be possible now, could it? There wasn't such a thing as a pretend-to-be-asleep hunting technique among cats, was there? Well, either way, I learned my lesson and I started to avoid stroking her when she was asleep. But that was not easy because she was asleep 11 hours out of 10. And yes, Mr. Baumwoll, I know that is not possible. It just felt like that. Besides sleeping, her next favorite hobby was grooming herself. The same day, I was in the living room and I started to watch a movie with my sister. We decided to watch the movie, How to Train Your Dragon. We had it on DVD, so it was easy, and we had both not seen it for a while. It's a pretty good movie if you have not watched it before. I especially like some of the names. The boy is called Hiccup, and the dragon's name is Toothless. That made me think that I needed a better name. Mine was just boring. I've had it for so long already. As soon as the movie started, Rebecca woke up and started to groom herself. From the corner of my eye, I could tell she started to lick her tail first. If you really think about it, it's kind of weird. Licking yourself? I can't imagine if humans had to do that to keep themselves clean. That would be gross. I can only imagine what recess at school would look like if we had to all lick ourselves clean. We'd be running around a lot less. But instead, we'd be laying around trying to lift our leg up high enough so we could reach our ankle with our tongue and other such acrobatics. We'd just be laying there licking our knees and ankles and that sort of thing. Gross. But it kind of reminds me of yoga in that way. So maybe all the stretching will be good for you. Anyway, during the movie, I did not pay too much attention to her. But when the movie finished, I realized she was still licking herself, and my movie was an hour and a half long. I thought it was cute, so I walked over to Rebecca and patted her on the head. Swat! Her paw came down on my hand fast, and her nails were sticking out. Yikes! And I thought it was safe because she was not sleeping. My sister explained things for me. Oh, never pet her when she's cleaning herself. She doesn't like it. My sister next pointed to a couple of places on her hand that had Rebecca markings on there. 
And why do you still love this kitty? I asked her, referring to all the scratches on my sister's hand. Look at her. She's adorable, my sister said. And it was obvious she was blinded by her love for the grumpy kitty and proceeded to walk over to Rebecca, who was still licking herself, and started to pet her. It did not take long before this mean kitty attempted to scratch my sister. But, to my surprise, my sister pulled her hand back in time and did not get herself scratched again. Wow, nice reflexes, I told my sister. She responded, it doesn't always work, while she showed me the outside of her right hand. A hand that looked like a baby had tried to draw a tree with lots of branches on there with a red pen. Those scribbles were actually a bunch of scratches Rebecca had left behind with her long nails. My sister changed the subject as she suggested, let's go ask mom if we can have some ice cream. I did not even bother to answer. I simply started to walk to the kitchen while yelling, Mom, can we have some ice cream? Somewhere from the house, her voice was immediately heard saying, Yes! Then something dawned on me. It seemed every time I would ask if my sister and I could have some ice cream, my mom would say, Yes. But if I'd say, Can I have some ice cream? The answer mostly ended up being, Nope. If I'd asked, can we have some ice cream, and it referred to me and a friend, I'd get it. yes, more often than when it was just for me. But it was still way less than when it was for my sister and I. Oh yeah, an energy efficient light bulb went on in my head. Next time I wanted some ice cream by myself, I'd simply ask, can we have some ice cream? and hope my mom would think it was for me and my sister. I think the reason my mom would let me have ice cream more if it was for my sister and I was that she was happy we were getting along and it was our little reward. My mom did not come to the kitchen to help us get the ice cream out, which definitely resulted in bigger scoops of ice cream compared to if she had been around. But don't tell her. I did not even need to say anything. I could tell my sister had the same idea. We quickly got our bowls filled and raced back to the living room to start digging in. We wanted to make sure that if our mom decided to come out and check on us, it no longer looked like we had big bowls of ice cream, because we'd already be hiding the evidence in our warm bellies. Our plan was unfolding smoothly, till one unforeseen factor started to play up. Rebecca. That day... I had tried to connect with Rebecca several times and every time she made it very clear that she wanted nothing to do with me at all. And if I would still try, she had a couple of sharp nails waiting for me. Well, guess what? Rebecca decided right now was the time she wanted to connect with me and my sister. My sister and I were on one side of the couch and Rebecca on the other. But she got up, stretched herself for a second and walked across the couch towards us. My sister, who was sitting closer, was the first to be approached for affection. She rubbed her head against my sister's elbow, which my sister was using to block Rebecca from getting closer to her bowl of ice cream. But my sister is too weak towards her cat. After a couple of these attempts, Rebecca was let onto my sister's lap, while my sister lifted her bowl of ice cream as high into the air as she could. But Rebecca 
was acting so desperately for attention that she kept turning herself around on my sister's lap and her tail kept getting close to her bowl of ice cream that even my sister knew it was time to draw the line. She pushed her off of her lap. The problem for me was that Rebecca landed in between my sister and I on the couch. And Rebecca was heading straight towards me. My fear was about the fact that Rebecca was always losing hairs. Even after the super cleaning job she had just finished five minutes ago, it still meant that if Rebecca made one quick move, hundreds of hairs would be airborne. Long-haired cats kind of have that problem. At times she'd get so bad with losing her hash, you could literally follow her around the house by following the trail of hairs. And the dust bunnies that collected in the corners would form entire cities no matter how hard my mom worked on keeping it under control. Within days, these dust bunnies would build entire villages with little bunny schools and everything. My experience taught me well, and I knew what I was up against. I kept my elbow down to make sure that there was no room for Rebecca to get by and somehow sneak onto my lap. I had my bowl of ice cream on my lap and there was no room for long-haired kitties. I kept saying, No, Rebecca, go away. Go, go away. But Rebecca kept seemingly getting herself ready for sneaking by my elbow so she could get onto my lap. It was too nerve-wracking to see her sit like this right next to me. I decided I had enough. I placed my ball on the couch on the other side of me and picked her up. But she did not like this and started resisting it. All I was trying to do was set her down on the ground hoping she would leave us alone. But she resisted me picking her up and jumped out of my hands onto the ground. For a second I felt relieved. That was till my eyes caught the light reflections on all the white hairs that were now flying through the air in all the different directions possible. I picked up my bow and ran for it. My sister decided to do the same thing and we almost ran into each other trying to get out of there as fast as we could. We made it out of there alive and we ended up sitting at the dinner table when my mom walked by going into the living room. How's the ice cream, you guys? Good. I answered, though some of that enthusiasm for the ice cream had disappeared when Rebecca had gotten so close to us. I was sure no hairs had landed in my tasty dessert, but still, the idea a hair might have landed in there made me feel funny. But don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining. It was still tasty ice cream, and I intended to finish it all. Both my sister and I dug back into our bowls of ice cream. I looked over to my sister's bowl to see how much she had left. I was pretty sure I had gotten a couple of scoops more than her. I took two extra scoops of the strawberry flavor when my sister was not looking, but I think I was closer to finishing first anyway. During this seeing how much my sister had left, I could, from the corner of my eye, see how Rebecca walked by the table going in the other direction than my mom did. I was not worried though, because she was not athletic enough to jump on the dinner table. And anyway... It looked like Rebecca was heading straight towards the kitchen. When she was right next to the dinner table, she stopped for a moment and brought her body lower to the ground. She stayed like that for a moment, all quiet-like. Then she started to make that sound even more horrible than horrible and more terrible than terrible. What you should know is, 
Cats with long hairs have to get rid of these fur balls from their stomachs on a regular basis. At least Rebecca did. And that moment had come for her right then and there, when my sister and I were still working on our ice creams. Turning her belly inside out while we were forced to see it and hear it from up close. It was disgusting. Even my sister was upset and yelled, Ew! I'm never having ice cream in this house again. Which was not entirely true, but it was true for that day. She did not finish her bowl, and neither did I. I had only vanilla ice cream left, and it looked too much like the stuff Rebecca just threw up. Ugh, my belly is turning again just thinking about it. I went to go do my homework quickly so I could play some more on the Wii. I don't always feel like doing my homework, but then I just think of the Wii as my reward, and I get motivated. Would you like me to tell you all about my homework now? <laughs> I'm not going to bore you with that. The only thing a little exciting was 7, 8, 9. But don't worry, 9 deserved it. It had been picking on all the smaller numbers for years. The smaller numbers were fed up with 9 being such a bully. And number 7 took it upon himself to teach 9 a lesson. And 7 figured, if you eat somebody all the way, they can't bully you any longer. So there, now you know. Which made it now time for me to play the Wii. Yes. I was feeling super super Koopa, so I chose to be Troopa Koopa in a cart on Koopa Cape. In the first race I did, I tried my best, but I was not going so well. I made a couple of mistakes and I ended up in third place. I must have been a little rusty because I had not played for a couple of days. I was in the living room by myself, sitting on the couch while looking at the screen. Normally I did better when Johnny was not there. Because it helped me focus on my game better. So let's try again. I took a second to get ready. I cracked my fingers, loosened my neck, and ate a couple of chips before I started. This round went differently. I was doing well, and I had an easy time working myself up to first place. I did not think much of it, because that happens most of the time. It was not till the last round that I noticed my time score in the corner of the screen and I realized I had been doing really well. If I kept this up, I might be able to break my record. A record that had been standing there for maybe even over a year. For a second, I started to get nervous, but I realized if I'd get nervous, I would for sure make a mistake. So I relaxed myself and just stayed focused. Only about five more turns, and I'd have a new record. I could taste my victory already. But then something was bothering me on the elbow. I sat back a little on the couch so I could see what it was while still fully watching the screen. It was Rebecca. I immediately yelled at her. Why now? Why me? Go! Go away! She kept bumping her head against my elbow to let me know she wanted to get some attention. I tried my best to swing my elbow back and forth to let her know she was not welcomed here but it only seemed to encourage her when she stepped up her trickiness and managed to go under my elbow and onto my lap. I started to push her off with both my elbows now, 
still managing to keep Chupa Koopa on the road, racing hard. But as I pushed her all the way, she resisted the best way she could and put the nails of her front paws out into my skinny jeans. The jolt of pain this caused to my legs made me jump and made me lose my grip over the controls. No! I had to watch on the screen how Drupa Koopa was falling off the cliff and I went completely silent. I was devastated. I could not believe this had just happened to me. I was feeling my loss so deeply till I was distracted by the cat's meow. I looked over and Rebecca was sitting two feet away from me on the floor. She must have ended up there after I pushed her off. And she even dared to meow one more time for attention. And she did it with one of those long and whiny ones that seemed to last forever. I had to put an end to it. My eyes got red and I yelled, bleep, bleep, bleepering beep. And I also yelled, bleep on a bleep. Sorry, but I know some really bad words that I can't use here. I also got up super fast to try and grab her. But she knew that wouldn't be good for her, so she stopped meowing and ran like the wind, with me right behind her. She went through the kitchen, into the hallway, and towards the front door. This was good for me, because I knew this way she didn't have nowhere to go. But just as I had that happy realization, I heard the front door open, which meant my dad was home from work. I did not want her to escape, so I yelled to my dad, Close the front door! I turned the corner and could see him now. He was only just getting through the door, which meant Rebecca might escape if he did not act fast enough. So he yelled again, Close the door, quick! I noticed my dad's eyes scanned the situation for a split second. Then he acted fast by making a step forward and closing the door behind him. He did a very awesomely great job for me, but not for himself so much. Rebecca was running at him with such great speed that she could not slow herself down. At the last moment, she put her paws down and started to slide on the tile floor. But her speed was of such force, she was still heading for my dad real fast. And when she was about to hit him, she managed to jump up with all four paws stretched forward. Yep, she locked onto my dad's legs with every available nail from every available paw she had, and then she just hung there. My dad was yelling like he was my mom with a mouse in one hand and a big fat spider in the other. Yes, I mean real loud. Ow! Get this cat off me! Why do I have a cat using me as a scratch pole? I'm not a scratch pole. My mom and sister came to the rescue real fast. My mom took the paws on the left side, and my sister took the other two. My mom counted out loud. One, two, three. And both of them pulled Rebecca from my dad's legs at the same time. And something else happened at that very same time. Guess what? Some of you probably made a good guess, thinking my dad said, Ow. If that was your guess, that was a good guess. And he said it super loud. And he screamed it for about a minute while holding his hands 
on his thigh where the kitty had locked onto him. At the end of it, he was so exhausted he dropped himself on his knees. This caused him to yell out in pain again. Ow! Because a tile floor was by far the least gentlest thing to land on with his knees. I think my dad was close to crying, but he made sure he didn't. My mom was trying to comfort him the best she could. She also suggested she take him to the bathroom so she could look at his scratches. My sister and I followed them to the bathroom. But after I saw the angry face my dad gave me, I decided to stay away. But don't worry, I was fine. My sister took a picture of the scratch wounds of my dad and showed it to me. It was real nasty. Which would explain the following conversation I heard. My mom started it by saying, I think we should clean it up, sweetie. My dad waited for a second before he responded. It isn't going to hurt, is it? No, it shouldn't. My mom comforted my dad. The next thing I heard is a siren go off. And it was a loud one as well. It turned out it was my dad yelling. At first he was only yelling, Ah! But then he screamed, It still hurts! It still hurts! All I can think about myself was, I hope I never sound like that when I'm in pain, because he sure sounded like a little baby. That evening, I decided to have dinner over at Johnny's house, because no matter how hard I tried to explain what had happened, and that really I was innocent in the whole thing, my dad never seemed the tiniest bit pleased with me, so I figured I'd stay out of his way. I was tempted to even call up Stephen, my other good friend, because he lives a couple of blocks further away from my house, and I figured I'd be even safer there. But in the end, I decided I could just go to Johnny's and had nothing to fear. My dad just needed some space for me. Which is weird, because it was Rebecca who put four sets of nails inside his legs, and not me. Just imagine if it had been me. Try to visualize that for a second. Me hanging off my dad's legs with all my nails stuck in his legs. Weird, right? But somehow my dad had it out for the wrong person. Rebecca was still in the house, and on top of that, she still had the best spot on the couch. No fair. At this point, I was starting to feel Rebecca was being a princess, and somehow she was getting away with it. And I wanted exactly that. Wait a minute. You heard that the wrong way. I did not want to get away with being a princess. I had no desire of being a princess. What I wanted to get away with was me doing my own thing. Maybe there were some things I could learn from this sneaky cat. I'll give you another example. We got ourselves a little turtle. He was about two and a half inches long. He was a fun little guy to have around. This turtle had to work so hard for everything. Getting from one side of his little turtle container to the other was already an enormous adventure for this little guy. And his container was no longer than 10 inches. Overall, it seemed walking was not his strong point because we were starting to find him laying on his back quite a bit. The problem with that was he was not able to get back up. We would just find him laying on his back while his legs were dancing in the air which is very funny to watch. There was plenty of times where I'd spend a good chunk of the afternoon watching the turtle lay on his back 
while kicking his legs in the air. And I just laugh and laugh. Eventually, this would get the attention of one of my family members, and they'd flip him over while telling me, The show is over, buddy. Ah, bummer. It was my mom who eventually figured out what was behind the fact our turtle kept ending up on his back. It was our very own princess cat. She had a new hobby and it was called turtle tipping. Rebecca would sit next to the container that the turtle lived in and Rebecca would put her paw in there, push the turtle a couple of times to make it move and if he didn't move fast enough for her liking, she would simply flip the turtle over real quick like. Our cat was not just a princess, she was also a bully picking on the littler, more vulnerable ones around her. And now that I think about it, also the bigger ones, because we all had our bully scratches all over our hands to show for it. My dad even had a bunch of scratches on his legs to show for it. Poor guy. I think he might still be in the bathroom crying about his boo-boos this very moment. <laughs> of a story, the end, but there's more, oh much more to come, so it's the end, but you know, not the end, the end, the end, okay, I'll be right there mom. <laughs>